What's up, you guys? I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And welcome back to Inhuman. covering the viral TikTok case. Um, As a lot of people know it, um, we're going to be covering the murders of Austin Wenner and Jessica Lewis. This is, I mean, we're kind of staying on the uh, social media theme because the last case I did was like dubbed the Snapchat murders by a lot of people. (laughs) So we're staying on this uh, little social media train. But this was a case that went viral because something was found in a TikTok video and that's what went viral. So I'm going to talk about it and explain what happened. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. It is. It's a doozy. Yeah. It's, it's a doozy, but this is probably going to be like overall, once you, once the case, like once you get into it, it is like the case is solved really quick, but it's all the lead up. That's so crazy. So yeah. And before we get into it, I want to mention Kendall Ray on YouTube covered this case and she was so helpful in like the outline and some of the details that I kind of wasn't sure about because I was seeing details in multiple places that were a little bit different and she did a really good job putting it together. Um, So I just wanted to like shout that out because she was like a big source that I used and she also has a whole bunch of other cases on her YouTube channel. So it was really awesome. And she had cute dogs in her videos. So, you know, (laughs) that's always a plus. Yeah. So before we get into the actual true crime part of the case, you need to understand what randonauting is. And let me tell you, it is a doozy. It's It's crazy. It's stupid. It sounds really stupid, too. At least the parts of it that I've heard about it. Although now that I've like read about it, I want to do it. So I might be uh, <laughs> trying it this weekend and seeing where we get. Okay. You'll see. Just, tell, You'll see. just be careful. Turn your, tell me, oh, yeah. put, turn your, um, what were we saying? Location. Oh, location. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there is an app called Randonautica and before I knew about this case, I had not heard anything about it. Like I'm on TikTok all the time and I still hadn't heard about it, but apparently it became a TikTok trend. Um, and I don't even think I like remember it being a TikTok trend. Like I I really don't remember it. And like I'm on TikTok a lot. So yeah. yeah, I had heard I had heard of it in one other situation and it wasn't through TikTok, but it reminded me of like this movie. There was a movie that was kind of like that where people would like oh. explain it, but yeah, it, right. I don't know if you've seen it, but huh. it's kind of like yeah, I that. can't think of anything. But yeah, it it like people were talking about how big it was on TikTok, and it seemed like it was really big when I was reading articles about it. But I don't remember it. But also, there's like a million sides of TikTok, so you never know, I know. what That's you're true. gonna get. So I looked on the Apple App Store first, just to like try to get an understanding, and it is advertised on there as the first ever quantumly generated adventure game that takes you on a journey of true randomness. Hmm. It's an adventure, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a choose your own adventure. Basically it's an app that takes you on adventures when you're bored. Um, But the best way to describe it, I'm just going to read this like description of it because this is just like, it makes my head spin. Hmm. 
This app provides you with totally random coordinates within a set radius. You then choose if you'd like to adventure to the point. It's been said by the Randonaut community that breaking out of what's called your probability tunnel can bring about serendipitous experiences and provide great fun while journey journeying into the world around you. So, I mean, to me, that just sounds terrifying, honestly. Yeah. Because <laughs> we know what we know about, like, the world and, like, our paranoia yeah. because of true crime. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, like, if I was a teenager, I mean, I probably wouldn't have done this. But, like, Robert, I could totally see him and his friends have doing that, have been doing this in, like, high school. So. I definitely. In high school, I w if they had this, my friends and I, we definitely would have done this. Right? Like, I feel like a lot of high schoolers, like, I could see why this is appealing yeah. and fun. Um, and it kind of reminds me of geocaching, if you've ever done that. Um, but instead of searching for actual, like, treasures or a scavenger hunt items to find, you're basically looking for something you've manifested. And manifestation is, like, a big part of this. And let me say, like, I totally believe in man manifestation and the, like, power of it. And, like, I think it's totally a real Thing and can lead to some really great outcomes but it's kind of crazy that they turned it into an app almost yeah. so the app has you set an intention and this can be anything from getting answers to like a big problem or seeing paranormal activity or anything you have an intention and then once you set your intention the app will give you basically a random set of coordinates within a radius that you set to go find whatever you're searching for and um there are definitely success, quote unquote, success stories. Um, so I'm going to tell you about a few that I found because I was like, I need to figure out like what types of things people are finding. Um, keep in mind, these are all from like Reddit or TikTok, like people experiencing it. So, you know, Not they're, super reliable they're talking about it. Yeah. yeah, they could be embellishing or completely faking it. But a bunch did have like photos or videos with it. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But some of them were kind of weird. The first one I read when I was researching this, I was like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> a man had set his intention of finding a dog and he found a stray dog, which like, okay, there are like dogs that are, there are stray dogs, depending on where you live, there are stray dogs around. And this time you were like paying attention. So of course you're going to see a dog and find a dog. Um, right. So I was kind of like, okay, meh, meh. Not so, not so sure. But then I kept reading more stories and some were very creepy. Um, one girl asked to find something mystical and she like was thinking about fairies and the app led her to a fairy statue. So like, that's kind of weird. Hmm. Um, one man that he said he was like very skeptical. His intention was treasure and he found a very rare Luna moth laying on the ground near the coordinates he was given and this is like a beautiful white moth that like it's very rare to see one um so i thought that was you know that's treasure that's interesting mm -hmm. um and then one more this one this one really got me because i watched the tiktok video of it and it was weird um she it was a girl that had basically chosen between two colleges like a little while ago you know, making your college decision. And even though she had made the decision, she was like still kind of unsure and like uneasy about it. So her intention was closure and reassurance. 
And the school that she had decided on was Kansas University. And at her coordinates, it was like a random road, you know, it looked like in like the Midwest or something where there were, you know, a bunch of farms and stuff like that. Um, And she was just stopped on a random road. And she saw a giant KU, like the letters KU carved into the lawn and Kansas University KU. Yeah. And like, that's Whoa. a random thing to see, like the letters KU carved into a lawn. Like, yeah, that is kind of, I weird. don't know. That one, it's like hard to believe that it was just something she saw and it wasn't okay. like a man. That someone didn't set it up or right. something. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that is what random nodding is. And now I'm going to explain how that plays into this case. A group of teens were randonauting in Seattle, Washington on June 19th, 2020. And of course, because this was a big TikTok trend at the time, they were recording it. And I've decided not to share the username of the person who posted the video, mostly because they've gotten a lot of backlash for it. And like, I just don't want to share it. Um, And I'm going to talk about the backlash later. But if you really want to, you can find it online. Like it's up there, but I'm just not going to share it here. Um, So the app basically took this group of teens to like a beach in Seattle, you know, quote unquote beach, just like the waterfront of Seattle. And it was on the 1100 block of Alki Avenue, which is a point of the beach across from Pike's Place Market. So like the main area of Seattle, but across the way. I tried so hard. I looked everywhere to figure out what the group had like set their intention as for, because you know how you like, you set an intention. So I was trying to figure out what it was, and I could not find it anywhere. I heard that it was money, that they wanted to find, like, money or treasure or, like, wealth, something along those lines. Something like that. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I I could not find it, Um, and I don't know if that's just because, you know, they kind of just, most of the articles I read, because they weren't, like, explaining all about what randonauting was it was kind of just like they did an adventure app so they didn't really explain it um but that would make sense and I feel like that's kind of a big piece to this puzzle and like how the case unfolded because like what were they looking for how did they know to go towards the thing that they found but I guess if you're looking for anything no matter what your intention was if it was money or a treasure or whatever and you see something random (laughs) like this sitting out of place you would probably go towards it so I guess it's not that weird so anyway they found a black suitcase on some rocks along the water and thought that that was what they were supposed to find and of course they were excited that it quote-unquote worked and they were joking about like that there would be money inside so that would make sense if that's what their intention was um but of course this is a true crime podcast so we all know that it was not money inside (laughs) Uh, when they opened it up they immediately noticed an extremely foul smell and they had a bad feeling um they were using a stick to like poke it open so as soon as the flap like the top of the suitcase opened um they saw that it was filled with garbage bags that looked like there was potentially something dead inside of course a lot of people that saw this video thought that it was fake or set up but turns out it was not. So once this group of teens saw the garbage bags, they stopped messing with it immediately and called the police, which like props to them. So I feel like some teens like wouldn't have done that. I mean, I think because of the foul smell that probably helped, 
but like right. if it didn't smell bad they probably would have tried to open it up and that wouldn't have been good so mm. you know yeah. props to them for at least you know they called the police and and did the right thing by stop you know if they stopped touching it and everything the police actually took a few hours to get there and they've been like majorly criticized for this but honestly to be fair like they're in a big busy city and they had these teens calling saying that they found a suitcase washed up and it wasn't even clear if they said that there they thought there was a body in it like I think that they just said they found this like suitcase maybe that it smelled bad but you know there wasn't like a big urgency to go look at a suitcase and they didn't even know if it was true so I'm guessing that they like got there as fast as they could, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I just found a dead body. You need to come right now because they right. didn't know, technically they still didn't know what was inside. And I mean, at least they did show up and didn't just completely write them off. And they eventually did show up and they, you know, blocked off the scene and went down to open the suitcase. When they opened the suitcase and the garbage bags inside, they found two sets of human remains. So the reason that I said earlier that the person who posted the video got a lot of, lot of backlash was because one, he actually posted it, and two, he didn't remove it at the family's request. Yeah. And this was actually like everything happened the day before the video was posted. So that means by the time he posted it, he knew that there were human remains in there and that somebody had died. It's not like as he was waiting for the police, he posted the video and then and didn't really know what it was going to be like that. I could see like, okay, you posted it, but then you should take it down. But he knew that there were human remains found. Yeah. And like just the fact that he was posting about two human beings that had been killed and like stuffed into a suitcase is just I think that that speaks to today's environment and the world we live in like going viral especially with TikTok now is such a big deal that kids will willingly post a video of murder victims on TikTok knowing that it would get views and I mean at least it wasn't the actual bodies but damn really like just show some respect not everything is about being popular right um and Like, the worst part is, it's like, okay, you posted it, and then the families asked you to take it down, and you still refuse for a while. Like, that makes me so mad. That's the, yeah, that's the rough part, is that, you know, it's one thing if, like, people were like, oh, that's gross, that's disrespectful, take it down, but their actual families contacted him, and he still refused to take it down. Yeah. And it just also goes to show, like, how desensitized, like, we are, too, because, like, I I don't think I could post something like that. I think I would have too much fear and just, I don't know. No, me too. I know. Eventually, after the families of the victims, like, begged and begged for the videos to be taken down, it was. And it's very unclear if it was the original poster or if it was TikTok who took it down. But it makes me mad that it even took time to get it taken down because TikTok is, like, notorious for blocking (laughs) and removing videos that shouldn't be removed while Mm -hmm. other videos that should are still there exactly Um, like I've had videos removed because I used the word help in the caption because I was asking for help on which dress to wear Mm -hmm. like or because I was drinking even though I'm 24 yet this doesn't get removed I had a video taken down and it said that there was there was um adult content and nudity there was literally zero adult (laughs) content or nudity it was like 
10 seconds of the True Blood intro. Oh and it's God. it's weird, but there was I no, like, when you I was like, yeah, I was so fresh. I was like, F t- TikTok, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's not good. And TikTok had actually said at one point that the video wasn't subject, uh, the video wasn't subjected to removal because it didn't violate any guidelines, like technically any of their guidelines, it didn't violate. And they actually told the family that and wow. refused to remove it for a while. That's insane. Because, they, like, you know, it's pe- it's getting people to the app and watching the video. So, of course, they're going to, you know, do everything they can to keep it up. But that's just so messed yeah. up. So, so anyway, <laughs> rant over. The video eventually got removed. Um, and now we're kind of, like, done with the teens and the TikTok randonautica thing. Um, because now we're into full-on investigation mode. The police identified the bodies as 27-year-old Austin Wenner and 35-year-old Jessica Lewis. Austin and Jessica had been in a relationship for eight years, and their family said that they had a strong relationship that had gone through their ups and downs, but they were inseparable. Jessica was described as being a ray of sunshine and just an incredibly caring person, She worked at an adult-assisted living home for people with disabilities. She had four children, and they were all older, um, and none of them were Austin's children, as far as I could understand. Um, So they were all, like, high school, middle school age, or maybe a little bit younger, but old enough to know what was going on. Austin was described as being a very loving and adventurous person. He loved camping, trucks, dogs, and music. And he actually went by cash or cash money on his social media, which I just love that. I think it's so great. It was also reported in some places that Austin was a father, but it's not confirmed anywhere. And if he was, we don't know how involved he was. So, you know, that's kind of just a little side note. Um, And just to be thorough, there was an Austin Wenner in the Seattle area that had a drug possession charge, but again, it has never been confirmed by the family or police that it is true or that it's, you know, this man that was this victim, but um, he, he did have a few misdemeanor charges, but when I was looking into them, they were all very small, like jaywalking or walking across the street at a red light or, you know, something like that, nothing you know, major or violent or anything like that. Nothing that's relevant to this case at all. Both Austin and Jessica were killed by gunshot wounds um, and they had been dismembered before being put into the suitcase, which you probably could have figured out because it's a suitcase, but still it wasn't that big of a suitcase. Like I was trying to avoid seeing the video and photos, but it was near impossible when looking up articles about this case. Mm -hmm. It was not a very big suitcase. From one source, I found that the medical examiner said that they had been shot about 10 days before they were found, but many other sources said they died just a few days before they were found, and I think that's the part that was true, but this does come into play later, so just keep that in mind. Jessica was shot seven times, and Austin was only shot once, so to me that really does feel like it was like a targeted murder of Jessica and Austin was killed like just because he was there you know kind of just a casualty of what happened but that was kind of just initial thoughts that a lot of people had and as you'll see as we go into it it doesn't really seem like that's what happened right so as investigators started looking into their deaths they thought that it was odd how not hidden the bodies were like yes they were in trash bags in a suitcase but it's not like they were buried or 
you know, sent out in the middle of a lake, like they were found in a pretty high traffic area. And some people speculated that maybe the killer wanted, like actually wanted the bodies to be found. Um, Again, don't know if that's true, but that was just another thing that investigators thought was odd. Of course, police started by looking into both the teens who found the bodies and the creators of the Randonautica app, especially because Random, the Randonautica app is so like people are like, is it set up? Is it somehow created? Like, so they were really looking into that. Um, But after talking with like the app developers and everybody, they ruled that out pretty quickly and ruled out the teens really quickly as well. Thankfully, after that, the police were able to find the suspected killer not too long after. Jessica and Austin were renting a house from a man named Michael Lee Dudley. Um, who was 62 years old, and he was from Burien, Washington, Burien, Washington. I probably should have looked up how to say that, but (laughs) Jessica and Austin were paying $1,500 a month, and apparently they had kind of been struggling to pay rent, which, like, understandable, you know, Jessica had four kids, Austin may have had a kid, plus they have to support themselves in an expensive city, so, you know. Yeah, that's pretty expensive. They were renting a room, right, from him? Yeah, they were renting a room in a house. And also, this was in 2020. So, like, I don't know if they... I know Jessica oh. was still working. I don't know what Austin did for work. So, True. you know, who knows? They may have been hard struggling with money or, you know, even just having to pay for more childcare and stuff like that if their kids weren't in school. Like, you know, who knows? But they had been struggling to pay rent. Neighbors actually heard an argument from inside their place on the evening of June 9th where Dudley was telling the couple that they needed to move out. And according to a Medium article, quote, the neighbors say they heard a male voice pleading, just let me leave, please don't do this. And shortly after they heard gunshots. And that argument was 10 days before the body was found. So that's where that that timeline comes in from the medical examiner. Um, And I'm not sure why it got changed from a few days before to 10 days and if it had to do with this fight. But from the research that I did, I think that it was more likely that it was a few days before. So it would have been, you know, probably about a week after this argument. But, you know, the gunshots being heard doesn't necessarily mean that it happened right then because gunshot, a lot of things can sound like gunshots. So but there was definitely an argument and they were definitely arguing about paying the rent and Dudley wanted them to move out. Yeah. So from this point forward, everything in the case moved pretty quickly because when investigators searched the house, they found blood and bullet holes in Jessica and Austin's room, despite the fact that the house had recently been cleaned and painted. So he clearly tried to cover it up and did not do a very good job. And Dudley was arrested on August 9th, two months after the bodies were discovered. And at that time, his bail was set to $5 million. What a piece of shit. (laughs) I know, right? So messed up to do that. I know. Over rent. rent. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's still unclear what exactly happened. We don't have an actual motive or an actual timeline. We don't know if the two were reported missing before they were found. And there also haven't been any other suspects named, but it is something that investigators are looking into, like if Dudley had any help. And I think a lot of people believe he did have some help. 
we do know that Dudley had a rough past. An ex-girlfriend that was with him from 2012 to 2016 said that he was very smart, well-connected, and had been abusive to her in the past. She said, quote, I could see the evil in his face as she was describing some of the physical abuse she endured, including being assaulted while he was holding a gun. So he clearly had a gun and he was actually arrested in 2016 for assault, um, but was, you know, eventually let out and who knows. In March 2021, Dudley was denied a bail reduction, which his attorneys tried to get him since he had been sitting in jail for six months while the state of Washington still had yet to complete evidence discovery. So at this bail reduction hearing, Gina Jashke, Jessica's aunt, made a statement for the family. And I'm going to share that here because not the whole thing, but some of it it does provide a little bit more like information and context than we previously knew about the investigation. Um, and it's just easier to share the direct quote than trying to paraphrase it because I don't want to you know, miss anything. So she said in this statement, quote, medical examiners concluded that more than one person had helped assist the disposal of my niece and her boyfriend. To date, nobody else has been charged except Mike Dudley. The week he was arrested, somebody contacted me. They were crying and absolutely petrified that Mike Dudley was going to get out of jail and come kill them. I convinced them to contact the detectives on the case. So Mike Dudley's affluent family has already tried to sell his house as an undisclosed location where less than four months prior the scene of, was the scene of these horrific murders to help him make bail. He and his family... He has family and close ties to California, and upon his arrest, an ex-girlfriend voiced her concerns of him getting out of jail as he was, quote, well-connected. Besides the safety and possible intimidation of potential witnesses or accomplices, his history of telling others how he wants to kill his neighbors or other people should be enough to make sure he's not released back into the community. So that was just a little, quote, part of it, and thankfully, he was denied a bail reduction. um, And his the ex-girlfriend actually said that she was kind of she's like been worried that through all of these connections he has that he could even raise the five million dollar bail so it seems like he's just very well connected and he you know the medical examiner did conclude that he had help likely i'm guessing i haven't been able to see like the actual report because it is like an ongoing investigation But I think it's just because I would guess the way that the bodies were dismembered probably took more than one person. He clearly has these connections and that's really terrifying. And he's good at intimidating people, which is just another reason he shouldn't be let out because he could totally intimidate witnesses. Wasn't he said to be like linked to like cartels or mobs or something along those lines? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think I saw that anywhere but I I wouldn't be surprised yeah that's scary yeah so the most recent update that I was able to find on the case was how the families were remembering Jessica and Austin one year after their deaths they are trying to remember their happiness and they are very thankful for all of the for all of the support um despite it being very distressful to have that video going viral, they were also thankful for all of the attention the case got because it helped lead to a quick arrest and also just support for the the entire family during this tough time. You know, Jessica left behind four kids Mm -hmm. and they, you know, had family that they were close to. So 
they were thankful for the support that came out of the TikTok video. Just would have been nice if they had taken it down when requested. Yeah, really. So the trial is still upcoming and I will definitely do an update depending on how it goes. I might just do like a quick update or a full episode depending on how it goes. And I'll also post any recent news that comes up on our Instagram and Twitter. So you can follow us there at inhuman underscore podcast because I'll update more regularly than we will in the podcast feed. Um, But that is the case of the viral TikTok murder of Jessica Lewis and Austin Wenner. It is so heartbreaking and crazy, but honestly, it is incredible that their bodies were found because even though it was a high traffic area, like they may have eventually washed away and never been found. So as devastating as it was that they were found like that, at least they were found and the person who murdered them will have to pay. Exactly. Wow. That's a crazy story. So yeah, that is all for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed and... We'll be back with another case on Thursday. And until then, keep it human. We'll see you in the next one. Bye.